Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my brother, Mr. Loka Pandya. So Loka is a motivational speaker, a serial entrepreneur, a DeLorean collector, and a passionate life enthusiast who is dedicated to deep healing work. He's on a mission to help everyone wake up to the inner childlike joy that exists within us. He's one of my favorite human beings. I love Loka. The first time I met him, it was just like an electric <laughs> ping pong back and forth of just energy and high vibes. And I just, his path, his journey, his commitment to being with all that is within himself and then helping others see the light that exists within them is what truly brought us together. And I love this conversation because just going into Loka's story and how he lost his mother at the age of 13 and the role that that played on his mission in life and how all of that also led to deep healing that he's experienced over the years. It was just a beautiful reminder of the choice we all get to make to truly love ourselves, step into fullness and experience our light. And more importantly, what that does on everyone around us when we choose to experience our light and truly embody it, it gives everyone else the permission to lean in and begin to have that grateful curiosity for why they are the way they are. And we talked about so many different things on this episode, everything from the relationship to receiving, you know, Loka's folder of joy reframing triggers into initiations, how to actually begin the healing journey through baby steps, and so much more. I love this episode. It was heartwarming to hear Loka's personal journey. And it was also really practical to hear how Loka uses journaling and the concepts of reflection to further his journey into transformation. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Let us know what aspect of this episode resonated with you. Reach out to me, tag Loka on social. Yeah, we want to hear from you. We love hearing which episodes, which concepts, and how you're integrating the show into your life. So thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to pour your time and attention into this episode and this podcast. We are so grateful. And without further ado, here is the amazing Mr. Loka Pandya. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what is up? My <laughs> lovely listeners. You're so funny, dude. You're so uh, funny. I <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Loka, how you boom, doing, bro? Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you here, man. Um Well, I uh I'm just so stoked for this conversation. The, you know, first time we connected, I just felt this 
this overwhelming level of um, energy just pouring through the screen. And, and, and I know that, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people on the path and I know you have too. And, and, you know, to be fully vibrant and joyful is a choice, right? And so what inspires you to make that choice on a day-to-day basis? Oh man, you know, like everybody, I mean, everybody in the entire world has a story. They have a story. They have story when they're stories when they're joyful, when they're down, when they're depressed, when they're anxious. And so a little bit about my story is uh, it really started May 2nd, 1997, when I lost my mother. Uh, she had passed away at the age of 34 now. Now, mind you, I was a child who was nothing but ambitious. Uh, so ambitious, I wouldn't even help my own best friend on his homework because he was competition. And so that was the only thing that I focused on. But when you miss, you you lose someone that big in your life at such a young age, I was 13. I started to reflect and say, as a 13-year-old, like life is much more than just, just the highest GPA in school. And the interesting thing about that story is that when she had passed away, I was told that she passed away from a heart condition. It wasn't until a year later when I kind of turned to my dad and we we had gone to get my glasses. I was getting glasses for the first time. And most kids that age didn't really care for glasses, right? I was like, so stoked. I was like, uh, man, why have two eyes when you can have four, right? Like super like, so down, like that'd be freaking awesome because the accessory to me. And so on the drive home, it'd usually be my mother picking me up and, and taking me home. And I turned to my dad and I'm like, you know, they said that she passed away from a heart condition, but I didn't quite understand like how. And I still remember him in the car. He's got his hands on the wheel and he just kind of like looks right and kind of looks serious at me. And he says, do you really want to know? And man, I was 14 years old. So my 14 year old brain was going off like, dude, she was in the CIA. Like I knew it, right? Like he just went into like, like imagination, right? As a child, as an adolescent, I was like, man, she was espionage and something happened. And I was like, you know, obviously I lost my mother, but I was kind of like excited. There's another story behind just a heart condition. And I said, yeah, dad, I want to know. And he told me that um, what she'd done is she'd went to the jewelry casting closet. We have a jewelry business and she kind of grabbed one of the chemicals and she came back to the couch and she took it and that chemical was cyanide. And so that kind of took me back to her hospital bed where, where I saw her, just her, her lifeless body there, just to think. And as I remember looking at her, I was like, oh my gosh, you did die of a heart condition. You died of a sad heart. And then from that point on, I was like, I don't want anyone to ever, ever, ever feel like this ever again. And so I went from Mr. Selfish to over-functioning, need to find my self-worth and giving. And so I gave and gave and gave, and I'm sure you can relate, right? Just going out there, giving advice, you know, helping people with their homework, stealing money from my dad to buy candy for the classrooms. <laughs> like, I don't even know he knows that story right now. But as you go down that journey, as any, any people-pleaser or over-giver does, at some point, they hit a wall they hit a rock bottom and you just kind of get tired 
of feeling the way you're feeling. It's the whole sad clown. You're out there making the whole world happy, but you come down and, and you realize that you yourself are happy. Well, that's the dance, right? It's the, the giving and the receiving, right? Like I, it took me a long time to realize that that's the natural law. And our ideas of what's good, our ideas of what's supposed to happen, like the universe wouldn't actually make giving so good, like giving feels so good if it wasn't meant to happen. But you can't have two givers in the same room. Like if you're the one always giving, you're actually taking away from the gift of someone else being the giver. And so naturally the universe doesn't actually work that way. And it takes... It takes those rock bottom moments to get there. I'd love to. So, okay. So yeah. What happened then? So you got your, the pendulum went the other way. And then how did you come back to a space of equilibrium? If you would, you know, cause, cause I think it's hard to be exuding joy from a cup that isn't overflowing, right? Like, like you can't truly actually give the energetic joy like you can give like what people consider joy on paper but for people to feel how much you love them like it requires your cup being overfloweth so i'd love to talk about that like what was the journey to equilibrium for you and what's your relationship with receiving today oh love that question love that question um well the one thing that was was amazing when my mother had passed away as I was forced into meditation at the age of 13. And so the psychiatrist that saw that, I believe that my mom, I don't 100% know for sure, but I believe she had borderline personality disorder and they were concerned that I was exhibiting some of the same characteristics. And so from the holistic approach, I was just going meditation. Now that itself doesn't duh, quote unquote, fix or solve everything. It gave me a level of stability in my roller coaster when I was doing it. But it was a journey from that point forward. I had a tool, but tools are just tools. They're meant to build something up. And so I couldn't just say that I am the meditation. It was part of the tool and the tool belt going forward. As I went through my ups and downs, I went through several rock bottoms, <laughs> emotional rock bottoms, and in 2019, after I'd gone through a breakup, I was tired of the high highs and the low lows. I was just, it was exhausting. You know, when you're up on your high, you're doing great. Once that crash comes, you go super, super low. And so I said, okay, I'm tired of feeling this way. What can I do about it? And so I decided to throw the kitchen sink at healing. And I'd gone to a bunch of different retreats up till that point. But in 2019, I, when you say healing, can you actually speak like define what you mean by healing? Yeah. So healing, there's a bunch of different modalities, but I've realized that most of it comes from within. So I said, okay, how can I heal? I, I started going to therapy and then I went to an acupuncturist Then I went to an acupressurist. I had brought on a, a life coach. I had gone to intuitive healers, psychics, astrologers different sort of energy healing, Reiki healing, Re reconnective healing, just anything and everything, anything that was inside the box, anything was outside the box because I was tired of feeling that way. So anything that came my way that someone talked about, oh, I healed a physical or emotional wound, I would go ahead and just take to it. 
And so what was interesting about that is not about all the modalities that I did. That was just to try it all out to kind of see what worked, but to realize that, okay, all these things are super beneficial, but they're all just helping me look inward. And it was then that re- that that time that I realized that joy is about working through your emotions, releasing your emotions, and also being intentional about your joy. And so what I started to do is I was journaling, getting all these feelings out, and you'd be shocked at how healing. I mean, I used to hate journaling, right? It's like I was like, I woke up. You know, brush my teeth, took a dump, took a shower, right? I knew what I did that day, but I didn't know how I felt. Mm, important distinction. Yeah. And what happens, what happens is when we, every single time that we don't release a feeling, I realize that we just build it. Like, have you ever seen an angry person over the years just get angrier? <laughs> right? An anxious person just get more anxious. A person who's depressed get more depressed. And if you see them go the other way, you'll see that something came in, whether it's a therapist, whether they started journaling, whether they started meditating. What does meditation do? It allows you to actually release what's coming up. One of the hardest things to do out there is to sit with your feelings. It's scary. It's so scary. Because you're afraid that once that faucet emotion comes out, you can't turn it off. Why do you think that's scary? Because at the end of the day, like your body wouldn't be creating these feelings and these emotions if they weren't meant to be felt. We all have them. Because, I mean, that's been at least my, my journey is learning to change my relationship to feeling. Right? Because it's truly the only way to actually heal. Like all the tools out there just open you up to more. Right. Like, like my definition of healing is increasing awareness and increasing opening. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's not actually, you're not actually broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just, you're opening up more and you're increasing what you know. And then stuff just comes out and you release. And when you release it, it's gone. As long as you continue learning to just feel and keep feeling and you're not resisting what's present. And so, yeah, I'm curious to know, like, what do you think is the fear of, like, like, why do you think you're afraid? Once you let the emotion start, it's like if you start to cry, because this history had taught me that once I start to cry, I then become depressed for months. You're stuck there. Yeah. Once I become anxious, the anxiety attack is right on the other side. Bingo, there it is. So you, you feel like this feeling is going to stick with you forever. It's like, oh, I got this depression on me. Get it off me. Like it's like this thing, right? Like, yeah. Absolutely. And and that was me feeling those emotions as I was going through life and then shutting them off. Now when I talk to people, I've got friends and family members and other people I've talked to, they don't want to dig deep within their feelings because there's deeper trauma in there. And they're like, once that comes out. It affects their entire life. And some of these people have families. They have children. So if they start feeling paralyzed, then they feel like, hey, they can't function as a father or as a mother. But what I realize is it's because they don't have the tools. There you go. Yeah. It's like, you know, you, you are. When you, when you feel your feelings, you're going to feel that wound. 
But if you don't have the, like the neosporin or something to make it, you know, soothe it or start to helping it heal, then you're going to go down the spiral of a rabbit hole and your thoughts create your reality. So once that negative thought comes in, if you start spiraling, it does get scary. But if it's like, oh, okay, the negative emotion came out and I'm going to write about it. I'm going to say, hey, I thought about this and this is how I'm feeling right now. And it doesn't feel good. And you continue to write and write and write. You're releasing at that point. If you sit there in meditation, you have it to where you're in a more Zen place and you're just letting all those emotions come out. And I always recommend putting a journal right next to you because you'll slowly start clearing it out. But the thing is, if you've pushed years and years and decades of emotion come out, there's going to be a lot to work through. And so that can get overwhelming for people. Well, that's why it's so important to have support too, right? Like, you know, support is really important. Like, I don't know if I would have been able to move through the different dimensions of emotion or learn how to emote without having others to learn from and others to hold a safe space. And it isn't an overnight thing, right? Like, you know, we've been accumulating these, we can call them big T traumas, right? The ones that happen in childhood or those big events that we remember, right? But there's all these little T traumas that just accumulate over time. We don't even know what's consciously or unconsciously back there. And so it's this process of like being patient with yourself too. Like just because you opened it up and you started feeling and crying doesn't mean that it's going to go away on day one. Like you might actually have like heaviness that you're carrying for a little bit. But I think there's like, for me, it's almost like I had to give myself the permission to be seen heavy. You know, because I think that's more of the problem. Like we put this expectation, especially on men. I think you put this expectation to be strong, especially like men of like Indian men. Like I think it's really like not okay to show that you're weak, emoting. Like it's not, it's not in our culture to really like have that as strength, even though now I know vulnerability is strength. Like, you know, with the courage to be seen in your emotions is strength. But I think changing that narrative was huge for me because I allowed myself to like, okay, like when I'd get on meetings, I wouldn't even bullshit. I'd be like, I'm having a tough day and just being honest. And I was surprising to me actually how many people didn't like make me feel bad for being in a weird space. Like that's how I knew. And if they did, they weren't my people. You know what I mean? It became really easy to see like, you know, like if I have to put on this show that I'm always happy or that I'm always one way and I can't actually show all of me, like it's the journey of self-love, I think, you know, learning to feel and learning to allow yourself to be in those heavy emotions, even when you, you know, you're, you're expected to look a certain way or act a certain way or, or people want you to stay a certain way. They want you to be joyful all the time when like, you know, it's like, good luck. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you said is so powerful. I mean, I never thought about that getting on a meeting and just saying I'm having a tough day. It's interesting because think about it's about a year and a half ago, I was on a guy that was pitching me some software for the the business I had at the time. But I was so big into that healing realm that I said that if I have anxiety come out at any time, I need to know where it's coming from. And if I can actually take a moment to write out where it's coming from, I, I would do it. So I was on the sales call and I said, Hey, you know what? I actually, I need to take care of something real quick. You mind if we continue this call in about 15 minutes? He said, yes. 
I got off the call. The anxiety came up. I started writing about it. I, I was like, I'm getting, I'm anxious. I don't know where it's coming from, but this is what I was thinking about before. And this is what happened in the sales call. And it just all started to flow out. And I found out it was to deal with a breakup. And it was because I was angry, but then yeah, I missed her. It was the most bizarre thing. And so in that moment, I let myself release. And, and you also saying to be vulnerable is one of the most powerful things for another man to see another man be vulnerable. About eight months ago, nine months ago, I was on a, on a plane and I felt like crying. So I just started crying <laughs> right on the flight. And right next to me was this guy just kind of looking at me. And, you know, like, and it just, the floodworks came out and I just let it go, let it go. And then I throw my sunglasses a little bit. And I'm like, what did I do? I took my sunglasses off. I got done. I have this folder of joy on my uh, iPhone of all the things that make me joyful. So it's videos of my nieces and nephews. It's gratitude texts. It's, it's all the things that warm up my heart. And so when I got done with the cry, I looked at that and I just came right back into joy. And I was like, the grief and the crying is joy. The joy is the joy, the smiling. And when I got done crying, I, I looked at the guy. I was like, oh man, that was fun. Like, that was nice. And we get to have a beautiful discussion on it. Well, you know, it's uh, Joseph Campbell. He, he talks about, you know, bliss is every feeling fully felt. And I used to believe that like kind of going back to like, if you think you go into sadness, you're just going to be sad forever, you know? But the truth is after every hurricane, there's weeks of sunshine, you know, I grew up in Houston, Texas. Like I've had my fair share of hurricanes and, you know, like it'd be raining for four or five days and all of a sudden you would just see the most beautiful blue skies. And I think our emotions are very similar. Like we take after nature, we are nature. And, and I believe that when we stop resisting what's true, and it takes practice to get our minds out of the way. Like our minds are the ones that stop us from actually feeling. Like we have belief systems about what it means to feel, what it means to emote. We have belief systems that feeling is unsafe because maybe when we were children, we learned to put on a happy face to make mom and dad happy because that's what we thought we needed to do in order to get their love. You know, it's like there's all this conditioning that I think is wrapped up into our mind's fear of feeling. But I think that's the greatest gift we can give ourselves. It's the greatest expression of, it's the greatest expression I think I can give another person is like for them to see me sad, to see me cry because it gives them the permission to know like, oh, it's okay. It's okay to be human. It's okay to, to, to be angry. It's all right to, it's not okay to hurt people. It's okay to forgive yourself for making mistakes. It's okay. And I, and I think that that can only be done when you embody. And I love your gratitude, like your journal, uh, the, the joy box or whatever you called it, like the joy yeah, folder. Yeah, joy folder. Yeah. That is such yeah. a rad idea. What else goes in that joy folder? So you have like videos of your nieces and nephews. You take screenshots of texts. Like what else do you? Screenshot. I've, I've been blessed with, you know, I've got a friend that can sing and he, he sang me happy birthday once I got that video in there. Anything that makes me feel joyful, if there is just a day where I see a beautiful sunset and it just, I feel it in my body and I feel it in my heart, I'll take a picture of it. And I remember the feeling that I had at that moment. And so when I see that picture again, you can see a million different sunsets, but there's something about that one that meant something to me on that day. And so I take a picture and I put it in there. And so it can be someone else's content they put out there, like a video or something funny. 
but there's something different between funny and joyful. Like joyful just hits your heart. And so I just have my heart be the North Star. I have a Smile Loca playlist. You know, I have a Smile Loca uh, YouTube uh, folder. Like I have all these different things that anytime my heart feels it, I just see it. So it can be something that you've seen happy videos out there, right? Like people put out there, there's like different Instagram accounts that are like good news or, or good things that are happening in the world. You know, what I'm just loving most about this conversation is like, it's like when you feel your feelings, that fear you have of being stuck there, that's only when you forget that you have a choice. That's when choice comes in and it is one of the most powerful reminders. You have a choice to look at the world through a different lens. You have a choice to go to the things that bring you joy. You have a choice to try and look for gratitude. But you cannot make that choice with a clear mind unless you clear the vessel. Yeah, 100%. You just can't because the choice then is not conscious. Like you're unconsciously triggered about the whatever the hell is happening in the world. And and until you actually learn to like release. So let me ask you this, like, you know, on your journey of healing, what was the most impactful, like, as if you distill it down to like, you know, if you had to come back up and just find the lesson. So it sounds like feeling, learning to feel was one of the bigger lessons in your journey. But what about the way that you engaged in your relationships? Like what role did your relationships actually play in your healing journey? Cause I'm, I'm curious to just hear from your perspective. Cause there's a lot of work we can do on our own, right? The meditations, the journaling, those are things we can do on our own. And then I do feel like there's certain aspects of ourselves that we can't actually even get to unless until we involve others. So I'd love to know kind of what your journey with leaning into healing with others has been. Yeah. You know, romantic relationships have been my biggest healer. And what I mean by that is it's been the greatest mirror, the greatest reflection. As I went into those relationships, I went into an over-functioning, wanting to keep them happy. And that came specifically from my mother, right? I was singing, dancing, always entertaining and trying to keep her happy. And what's amazing is in some of these relationships, a lot of emotions would come in. I would get super anxious. And those are the times I wasn't meditating. But when I got back into meditation, I would start reflecting and I'm like, oh, this anxiety is showing me something. There's a book called The Wisdom of Anxiety. And so when you take a look at these, what are perceived as negative emotions, and you take and look at them and say, oh, what is this showing me? Because you, use, you used a word that I like that's been used as triggered, right? We all get triggered out there. And so relationships, whether it's romantic, even family relationships trigger us. But anytime we have an emotion that, that creates a charge within us, it's like, oh, hey, little friend, what's going on here, buddy? Oh, you're still here? Okay, how do I get into inner peace? And so I had a friend help me reframe the word trigger to initiation. And so now when I'm initiated, I'm initiating to looking in within myself, initiating into healing. That's so good, dude. I love the invitation. That's absolutely what we teach in our communities. And that's exactly what I, I've been leaning into more and more and more over the years is, you know, when we can start to look at, I truly believe that if you don't work on your, like your emotional triggers, 
what ends up actually getting hurt are your intimate relationships. Like, and so you can stay angry at your spouse. You can stay angry at your kids. You can stay angry at your parents. You can do all that. Or like you can choose to look in and truly actually, and it takes a lot of courage. That's why I want to applaud you too. Like that frame of like taking the ownership and the responsibility for your emotional reaction. It's like, you're not making me feel this way. There's something happening internally right now as a result of something you said, right? This is mine to understand. This is mine to own. And I think that is the frontier of mental health. Like I, I feel like mental health would be so much better in the world if we actually taught people how to, instead of pointing the blame at another person or at the world, it's like shifting the mirror inwards and seeing how powerful we are. Like, let's not play small. Like, you know what I mean? Like we have this incredible power to shift our state and to learn to love ourselves and liberate ourselves from all the bullshit that holds us back. But it takes that courage to go inward. And so when you practice that, when you lean into relationships, like what are your tools? Like, are you journaling as you kind of like, let's say you get triggered by somebody like, you know, what does the initiation actually look like for you? Like, what does the line of inquiry actually look like? Well, the first thing I do is, is when I, when I get an emotional charge or I'm initiating into something to look inward, I take a pause. And most of the time in life, I used to react to situations right away. And that would take me down the spiral. As soon as you just take a pause, even if it's a breath or two, then you allow yourself to respond. And say, if I'm in an interaction with somebody and they trigger or initiate me, I then can take that pause and say, do I need time away to kind of reflect or can I hash this out? On my own time, very much journal, like get out. This is what was said and this is how I felt. And what I was always missing is the feeling part. And I've talked to a lot of people when they journal, they don't, they're not journaling about your feelings. When you start journaling about your feelings, you'd be shocked at what the actual root cause is. And so when I'm in relationships, journaling is a huge part of working on those places that, that give that charge. Meditation is there, but there's also a thing called contemplation, which I think it's mixed up with meditation. You know, meditation, you're getting in your Zen zone, you're getting more focused, you're in a complete awareness. Contemplation is literally just kind of sitting in silence and almost meditating on a topic. So if I had gotten into it with a romantic partner and it's digging me down a deeper hole where I don't know where it's coming from, you have journaling. But if you just kind of sit and meditate on that feeling or thought, other things start to come up and you start to contemplate okay, it was this. Oh, it was that. Oh, could it came in from here? Oh, what am I feeling in my body? How does that feel? And then you can have a journal right next to you. Yeah, that's the, and I love the difference between contemplation and meditation. I think that's really, you actually got me on Joe Dispenza, you know, like, I mean, you're really the one who got me in there. And I, and I really appreciate the difference because I used to actually think meditation was contemplation. And then I started doing the Dispenza meditations and I realized, no, like, Meditation can be a powerful clearing agent, a healing tool if done properly. And there's many forms of meditation. 
And there's many forms of contemplation too, right? Like, you know, I do a monthly reflection, like, like a process where I go through all my highs and lows. Like I log my triggers and, you know, I, I do go through processes to understand my triggers. I, I get feedback from other people. And, and so I think it is like, you know, being able to lean into life as a mirror. Yeah. Right. Like life is your greatest mirror. Like what you see is actually what is inside of you. Right? Like we cannot see something in another that we don't see in ourselves, good and bad. I got goosebumps when you said that. <laughs> right. Like good and bad. Like it's like, I mean, that's the shadowy kind of stuff we don't want to admit in society. That thing we don't like about others is actually a thing that we haven't learned to love about ourselves. Right. And so, it's a confronting invitation. How do you inspire people to actually begin looking at their stuff or begin like going through the journey of healing? Because I, I think it, you know, it's, it's a, it's difficult. It can be difficult. And, um, you know, especially for people that may have those traumatic kind of upbringings or they're afraid, like, how do you actually connect with them and really inspire them on, on the path to more joy? The best way I always tell them is baby steps, right? The idea of healing decades of trauma is overwhelming. Anything in life that seems huge, climbing, you know, Mount Everest seems huge, but you start taking the little steps one by one. And that could literally be journal for a minute each day. You know, you feel something, it's all you have to do is write down the feeling and a word associated with it. Happy relationship, stressed work, depressed family, whatever it is. But you cannot change what you do not measure. And so you have no idea or people have no idea how much healing needs to take place. They don't know where they are emotionally. You know, we look at companies and you measure their profits, right? You watch a game, they're scoring. But how do we know how we're feeling? And people that need to heal, they let their feelings just emerge and they don't know how often it's coming up. I didn't know how often it was coming up. But if I am writing every day for like seven, eight, nine days straight that I'm anxious, there's something in your subconscious mind that says, oh, we don't want to feel this way. And so now you have a choice, like you said at the beginning, right? You have a choice. Do we want to continue to keep writing that we're anxious? Because your body will tell you that I don't. Your body be like, no, I don't want to feel this way. So you start making those little slight changes. Um, the Japanese have a word called Kaizen. And there's many definitions, but one of them was doing the same thing every day at the same time for just one minute. So I, I adapted that to meditation. I've done almost 1,100 days straight in meditation. and But the requirement is just one minute. 60, 70 of those days are one minute, 60, 70 of those are 10 minutes or less, but I have 800, 900 plus that's over 10 minutes. And so the person looking to heal, I would say today, today, whatever it is, journal, meditate, go get a therapist. Even if it's like, hey, can you work out a deal with the therapist and say, hey, I just want to talk for five minutes because I'm afraid of something coming up. You have a five minute charge, you know? Get it out there and start working on it today in baby steps and it will snowball. I love this, dude. Thank you. This is so good. I just love the the micro commitments. You know, five minutes. That's it. 
five minutes. Let's just let's just build. Yeah, people win by winning, right? The whole shoot for the stars and end on the moon doesn't work. You look at sports teams, they get on a win streak. If they win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, they're not going on the championship. They don't have that momentum. But if you just build a little every single day, I guarantee, yeah, you will have some, some ebbs. But continue with those flows and celebrate those wins along the way. And I guarantee you will get there. I think, you know, there's that amazing Bill Gates quote, you know, people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10. You know, and I look at my journey. I mean, I recently just released, you know, 250 episodes of my podcast. I started back in 2017. I did one a week for 250 weeks. And I look at my life now and I'm like, holy shit, like, it's it's unbelievable what can happen when you make those micro commitments and you and you never know when that massive step change is going to happen. You know like the compound interest, you know, it's like you make these daily deposits and you don't really see any change, but then, you know, the last few days of the journey or the last, you know, towards the end is when you start seeing these monumental shifts and I think healing or learning to liberate yourself from all the conditions that are false or learning to step into who you are in the most authentic, vibrant way, like whatever word we want to use for the journey of liberation. Like, I believe that, you know, as you start making these micro, as you start opening more and as you increase awareness, like eventually you're going to break the dam and you're going to break through and it's going to feel like and you're going to be surprised. Like I, at least in my journey, I can like pinpoint moments where like I felt the massive step changes where it's like I collapsed years of, you know, unhelpful belief systems or I released all this energy from my system and it didn't happen. I mean, yes, there were like those shifts happened in a moment, but it's because of the commitment that was there over time because you never know when those moments are going to happen. They just do. Yeah. Yeah. One day you just wake up and you realize that, oh, I'm happy. And when you realize it, and in my case, it wasn't like, oh, it flipped the next day. It's just a realization. Oh, I was, I was happy the day before. I was happy the day before. Oh, the last six months, eight months, nine months. And happy doesn't mean that I wasn't angry at times, that I wasn't sad at times. That's where the gratitude comes in. And, and, and I want to speak on one of the things is, as I talk about doing the one thing that helps you heal every day. But about a year ago, I went through a, 18 months ago, I went through a, a bit of a traumatic breakup and I was reading, journaling, crying and meditating for two and a half months. And then I woke up one day and I'm like, Oh, I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm not, you know, like, I'm depressed. I had gone so far down and there's something about get started on a healing journey, but I was escaping in the healing. And so then I said that you also have to be joyous. Like they go hand in hand. You got to play. And so I, uh, I have these everywhere I go. Little bubbles. <laughs> the bubbles. <laughs> the bubbles. You just take them everywhere you go. And I started dancing three, five minute dance breaks a day. Ah, I love this, dude. This is so good. You're so awesome. Like, I just, what is that? 
Oh, is. What the fuck are you wearing? What is that? <laughs> it's what a Daft Punk mask. That's so good. I, I have it next to me when I'm working every single day because if I feel angst, I'll write about it. And then children dress up just for fun. You know what's just so important to remember? It's like play and laughter and joy is the highest frequency. Right. If you think about the frequencies of emotions, like when do you feel most alive? It's like when you're in those frequency states. And I actually think that this is why the most enlightened people in the world are quote unquote enlightened. If you look at like the Dalai Lama or I think I saw a picture of like, I think it was like Desmond Tutu and um, Nelson Mandela. I don't remember who it was, but like, and yeah, and they were just playing and laughing and like, I find sometimes like that's the fastest way to get out of your own shit. Like when you're stuck in this depressive cycle or when you're stuck in this loop of, I have to fix myself. I have to heal. It's got to be hard. The fastest way out is actually a smile and a laugh to remember that you can actually just choose to be happy when you want. And the choice, uh, you know, I really feel like people don't talk enough about that choice. Once you become aware, you have a choice. And that's why awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself. The awareness that you always have a choice to be in like a state of joy. I just love that, dude. That's such a good reminder of like the balance of, cause you can get so lost in this, like, I got to fix myself. I got to heal. I got to be better. I just got out of this breakup. I'm, I'm in it and you're not. Yeah. 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 I mean, Anyone wants to know how to get into true joy. You've got millions of role models around you all around the world. And those role models are children. They're children. They wake up wanting to play. They don't want to go to school because they want to play. What do they look forward to at school? Recess. They come home. They want to play. They don't want to go to dinner. They want to play. They won't go to sleep. Why? Because they want to play. What do we as adults do? When do we play? We're worried about the future. We're stressed out. The more play you put in, the happier, more joyous you're going to be and be intentional about it. But I will tell you, and you're right, it's a choice. And I do want to acknowledge that that choice is hard. I met a guy. I'd seen him for over a decade at, at a particular spiritual program. And he was talking to me about a bunch of different things. And he was going through a few things and his family was going through a few things. And I was talking to him about joy. And he's like, hey, Loka. I was like, well, he's like, how do I become joyous? How do I do it? And I always have these bubbles on me. <laughs> so I handed him some bubbles and he just held them kind of with his arms crossed. So then I pulled out my own and I blew it in his face and he just stood there. Then I blew it again. He just stood there, blank face. I blew it again, did it. Then I, I, I squatted down and did it and blew it in his face. He did nothing. I started skipping around him and blowing in his face. And he said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, joy, what are you doing? And it was at that moment, he was like, oh, wow. I was like, the thing is, man, to do joy, you have to give yourself permission. But you have not done joy for such a long time that you've not given yourself permission. And so just to acknowledge it and say that it has been hard for you in your life, but that's okay. But you can, in that moment, get into joy. The next morning, the guy sent me a 
a video at seven o'clock in the morning, blowing bubbles and jumping around his hotel room saying, I've never felt like this in, 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 in years and decades. And so anyone listening out there, give yourself permission today. Do something the second you hear this and say, what did I enjoy doing as a child? Go ride a bike today. Go run through a fountain. Do something that you remember as a kid that you found joyful because that's where you will find your joy. Mm, Connect, man. Connect to the truth in your heart and give yourself the permission to do that. I think permission, look, you guys, anyone listening, like if you've had a hard time giving yourself the permission, I hope this conversation is inspiring the courage for you to go out there and live in your bliss and pursue it because you can spend a lot of time looking at your problems in life You can spend a lot of time ruminating on what's not working. You can be easily swayed by so much. And, you know, for me, like one of the most powerful anchors is like remembering that I'm going to die one day, remembering that I'm going to lose the people I love one day, remembering that that's a reality and that reality isn't worth ruminating, right? Like it's like, let's come back to joy. Let's come back to presence. And I think we need to remember as human beings, I think it's our nature to forget. It's it's in our nature to forget. As souls, we always know, right? Our souls always know and they are always on time. But as human beings, we 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 get lost in the busyness of life or the the struggles and and we and we just forget. And to connect is is to be in presence and to be in in um in alignment with what's true in our hearts and I fucking love you man you're such a g i I really appreciate i, I had a feeling we were gonna have we we're gonna have such a good conversation I just had a feeling we were gonna really connect and drop in and I felt your energy the first time I met you and obviously I love your sister and you know if Mona you're, you're probably listening to this shout out to you and uh I'm really grateful that we got a chance to drop in together and connect and and I'm really looking forward to our friendship blossoming and growing and continuing onwards, man. And so I'd love to maybe spend a few minutes talking about like, what is a message you want to leave behind for anyone listening? Like what's in your heart? What is the anchor that you want to leave for others to to take into their day? I would say that the last thought of the day that I'd love to leave is that when you look up, like get up in the morning and look in the mirror, Know that you deserve happiness, that you deserve joy, that you are love, you are joy, you are peace. Because when you embody those things, you cannot be that person. You are that, you are joy. But the biggest thing, and we touched on it, and I'm just going to reiterate again, is that you have every right to be happy and joyous. And that starts with today, just making that difference doing something joyful for yourself today and also do something healing for yourself today. Mm. Brother, you're the man. If somebody wanted to say hi, thank you, connect, how would they go about doing that? There's two ways. The easiest way is on Instagram at Loka Pandya. That's L-O-K-A-P-A-N-D-Y-A. Or you could just email me at Loka at lokapundia.com. Brother, you're the man. Got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? 
Oh, let's see. It starts with the routine. Every morning it starts with the routine. It starts with, you know, with the routine, it starts with meditation. Then I go in the pranayam. There's a, a biohacking device uh, that I use called brain tap that just kind of gets me focused. But one of the biggest things I also do is once you're grounded, to be grounded in that joy. And I love to dance. And so I am dancing right before I get into a shower. So it goes meditation, pranayam, brain tap. And then I just dance for two to five minutes to something hype. My bathroom just sounds like a club and I call it grounded joy. So you've gotten to that state. So that's how I do it. <laughs> Sweet. Well, brother, again, I just want to thank you for showing up the way you do and for pouring your heart into this conversation and for allowing us all to experience our own internal joy vicariously through you. I'm very grateful for our connection and very grateful for our time together. Oh man, absolutely. I am super grateful for you and the inspiration you are to the world and the smile and energy you bring out to the world. It's infectious. I know that I feel it. I know that everyone else around you feels it and I can feel your heart through your eyes, through your voice. Just love you so much and complete gratitude for your existence. Mm, thank you, brother. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Loka. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.